Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Tuesday edition of the show. Glad you're with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I want to start off with a note on the podcast. Thanks to the great people around the Big X, we have got the podcast figured out. It sounds crisp. Uh, We've got it all working. I know there were a lot of painful moments as we moved studios uh, back over the last couple months, but the podcast is figured out. So I know a lot of you rely on that. You can't be with us live during the 11 o'clock hour. Wherever you listen to podcasts, if you want to check us out, All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. We're available on most podcasting platforms, and glad that is working again. We had a lot of complaints, and I think hopefully a lot of happy people now. But we're glad you're with us. We do this every day on IU and local sports, and uh, just so much to get to. Tom Allen, no longer the IU football coach. Lots of names, mainly just rumors at this point. We do know that as expected, I think with all college coaching searches, it seems nowadays uh, IU has employed a search firm, which is no surprise. And we'll go through some of the names that maybe could make sense for the Indiana football job coming up here in just a few moments. Also, as expected, a lot of players from IU football including some you probably would like to see not leave, have entered the transfer portal uh, and have announced that they will do that. So we'll kind of look at where things stand. Anytime your team is 3-9 and and anytime there's a coaching change, you can basically expect a mass exodus of players. That's just part of a transition. Uh, But um, sometimes that can be a good thing. Sometimes that can be a bad thing. So we'll take a look at some of the names that are coming and going here in just a bit as well. Let's look at the show lineup today, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Segment one, our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Segment two, we'll be joined by Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Mike is a regular guest of ours on Tuesdays, and we'll talk IU football, the coaching search now that IU football is in postseason mode. And we'll get into IU basketball because I know football's kind of reared its head here and taken the lead as far as the headlines go with the firing of Tom Allen, now the coaching search underway. But IU basketball is headed to Big Ten games coming up over the next two games, including a game later this week at home at Assembly Hall with Maryland coming to town. So big week, big start to the Big Ten. A lot of fun not just to see how Indiana competes here early 
in conference play, but a good chance to get a look across the conference here over the next week and a half or so, these early two games that everybody plays before you get back into non-conference stuff uh, leading up to the Christmas holiday. Uh, Later in the show, high school basketball. We've been talking with a lot of the local coaches, and Matt Lynch of Charlestown is the next coach to join us. He'll be with us later in the program today. There is buzz around this Charlestown boys basketball program, and uh, Coach Lynch will join us later to tell us about the Pirates, who are off to a great 2-0 start this season and have their biggest challenge of the season to date coming up tonight when they take on Silver Creek. So we get a game day chat with Coach Lynch as well when he's with us a little bit later. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out Honey Baked Ham for lunch today. They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily and will surely satisfy any craving you may have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open. We love to hear from you. Questions for our guests, comments on who you think IU football should hire as its next head coach, thoughts on the Hoosiers on the hardwood heading into Big Ten Conference play later this week against Maryland. Love to hear from you. Could be something local as well if you've been to a high school game or looking forward to getting out to a high school game tonight or this weekend. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. You can sound off on anything you like, and we'll use it on the air today. Uh, The Thornton's text line, again, 502-414-1450. And if you're looking for an icy, cold, thirst-quenching drink to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today, grab a fountain drink from Thornton's, and send us a text on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. All right, who's your headlines? A summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Let's look at things from an IU football perspective first. A long list of names that maybe could potentially make sense. Some of them, uh, maybe when you dig into it just a little bit, don't make sense. But Kane Womack, who is at South Alabama, obviously he has a connection to the IU program and to Tom Allen, so I'm not sure that that makes a lot of sense being in his coaching family. Uh, He's a name that surfaced. uh, I'm trying to go through the list here. Some of these names that, that are out there don't make a lot of sense. Chuck Martin, Miami of Ohio. Got a pretty good record. He's been at Miami of Ohio for, I think, a number of years now. Uh, Tom Herman down at Florida Atlantic. I've seen his name mentioned as well. And uh, even guys like uh, the former Wisconsin coach, Paul Christ, uh, who is not coaching right now after being let go midseason at Wisconsin. Pat Fitzgerald, who, same thing, Northwestern coach for about 17 years, let go after the scandal there before the season. I've seen his name mentioned as well. I think it's Sharon. I don't think it's Sharon, but Sharon Moore from Michigan, who's the acting head coach, uh, who has a 1-0 record with a win over Ohio State as the acting head coach of the Wolverines. His name has popped up on some of the list as well. Uh, Dan Mullen, former Florida coach. I don't know if that's a stretch or not, but there definitely are some interesting names out there. And who knows where this search firm and where Scott Dolson are heading, but there are the thought, the thought I should say is out there, 
that Scott Dolson wants to act quick in this hire and get the next IU football boss lined up. So uh, I think coaching changes are a necessary evil at times. I, I think this one was Tom Allen, obviously a great person, and he did some good things with the IU football program and had a real period of momentum there for a while. But they are very intriguing. We'll never know all the behind-the-scenes stuff. We'll never know exactly who Indiana is targeting right now, who maybe their first choice was. Maybe they get turned down a couple times. Who knows? But uh, it's always interesting to hear the scuttlebutt and the rumors, and of course a lot of it, especially with social media these days, is far-fetched and definitely not the truth. I think we all have to recognize that. But even with IU football, a program that takes the backseat to basketball, really some other athletic programs at Indiana as well. Even in the heart of the basketball season, the IU football coaching opening has people buzzing. So uh, it does its job as far as it's a tough thing to fire somebody, a tough thing to replace somebody. But given the interest in this search and when a new coach is hired, there will be a lot of new interest in IU football, at least for the opening season or two of the new coach as we see what he can do in Bloomington. So uh, interesting to look at, fun to think about. We'll keep you posted each day with the coaching search here on the program. We'll talk a lot more about it a little bit later in the hour when Mike Schumann is with us. I did see that John Gruden reportedly has an interest in a college head coaching job again. Could he be someone that uh, Indiana would ever look at? Would he even consider a program like Indiana? Just a funny name to think about um, as far as the IU coaching search goes. And after a 3-9 and season, with the coaching change, no surprise that a lot of uh, key names on the IU football roster are entering the transfer portal. They include quarterback Brendan Soresby, wide receiver Donovan McCauley. I think up to five starters on the offensive line are some of the players that I have seen make an announcement. And the window uh, for them to officially enter the portal is December 4th through January 2nd. So obviously we're just at the very beginning as far as college football goes, of players announcing that they are going to hit the portal on December 4th. There will be a lot more as we get closer to December 4th, which is still five or six days away, and there will be a lot more that enter the portal even all the way up to the Christmas holiday and probably right up to the deadline that they can enter the portal. So those are some key names for IU football that at moments this year had some uh, promise to them. So uh, can a new coach come in if action is taken quickly and if things come together and retain some of these players that typically always happens think back to Mike Woodson of course basketball is such a smaller roster than football but he obviously was able to keep a number of players that initially we thought were going to enter the portal maybe even a couple that said they were going to enter the portal uh, but that's where things stand right now and some key names headed to the transfer portal uh, for this IU football program a couple local notes I want to mention here in the first segment the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame in Newcastle. Uh, earlier today, they announced their uh, class of 2024 men's inductees, which will be honored in an official ceremony in Indianapolis on Wednesday, March 20th, 2024. And not really a lot of local ties uh, this year to the Hall of Fame inductees, but one really good one on the list that I was thrilled to see and that is Coach Jim Morris. Of course, he's widely known for his time at IU Southeast with all he did there in athletics and, of course, men's basketball as well. But his uh, paragraph in the release that came out this morning, I'll read it to you. 
quote, the late Jim Morris starred at Jeffersonville High School, whereas a senior was the MVP and his team finished 24-2, and being ranked number one in the state most of the season. He earned three letters in basketball, four in baseball, and one in football upon graduation in 1953. Morris attended Notre Dame from 1953 through 54, where he played basketball and baseball while being named to the Dean's List. Morris graduated from Bellarmine in 1957 with a bachelor's in English. He earned three letters in basketball and three in baseball. He was named all-conference and co-captain his senior year. He later graduated from Indiana University with a master's in education in 1966 and went on to coach high school and college basketball, earning over 470 wins as a college coach and 310 as a high school coach and was the first athletic director at IU Southeast. And Coach Morse passed away in June of this year, June of 2023. Even in recent years, in the last 365 days, he was a regular figure at some basketball games and different things in the area, always very close to the IUS uh, athletic family there as well. But outstanding to see him get the nod, get the vote to be inducted into the Hall of Fame in the class of 2024. He was a classy figure locally around basketball and all of athletics and uh, wonderful to see another great person locally here get a chance to be inducted into the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. And I know that we have had Chris May, the former director, on and keep a close eye on things with the Hall of Fame, but golly, we're spoiled in Indiana. The Hall of Fame is amazing. The displays, the exhibitions are great. The events that they put together to honor people like Coach Morris and the game in our state, it's second to none. It's just a professionally ran organization. If you've not been to Newcastle for a weekend trip or a getaway just to see everything they've got, man, I could go through that place on a monthly basis. It is so good. But congratulations to Coach Morris, obviously to his family. Very well deserved, and it'll be neat to see him officially be inducted uh, later on this in 2024, in the spring of 2024. Also a nod to Scott Shane, Silver Creek girls basketball coach. We all know he's had a lot of success there. State championship, obviously, for the Dragons as well. But with a win earlier last week, or earlier this week, I should say, Coach Shane notched his 200th career win uh, as the Dragons coach. So good stuff for him. It came with a 40-18 to victory over Silver Creek earlier this week. Scott Shane, a great player at South Central. Obviously went on to Georgetown College uh, down in Kentucky, down in Georgetown, Kentucky. Had an outstanding career there and has uh, been involved in coaching really from that point forward at different places. I can remember years ago when he was at Shoals, way out almost in the middle of nowhere, and has worked his career up and back to this area and, of course, really made a mark at Silver Creek. They have had so much talent come through that program with him there and a lot of success for the Lady Dragons. One other local note I wanted to mention, uh, I saw this yesterday and I ran out of time. I didn't get a chance to mention it on the show, but we love our high school basketball. We love our traditions here in Indiana and especially Southern Indiana. One thing I've always thought would be neat would be one school, every school maybe play 
a daytime game with the student body there. And I know it's tough when it comes to referees during the work week. Parents want to come to all the games. I get that. Uh, But, you know, the student body, they don't always, even in southern Indiana where basketball is still king, they don't always turn out like they used to. Uh, Maybe for the big rivalries games, you get a good part of the student population. Maybe at some of the smaller schools for these big games, maybe the whole student body is there. I'm really kind of out of that. But I saw yesterday DeSales, a Catholic school in Louisville, they hosted a daytime game. They got a lot of coverage from it. Television stations obviously there to get some highlights and to film things for the news that night. But it was absolutely packed, and it was basically the student body. There were some parents there, obviously, and they played a team from Australia. It was uh, kind of a kickoff to the season, so probably easier to do when you've got a team touring the country like that that doesn't have fans and parents you know, that have to come or maybe that aren't on the trip. But uh, obviously a neat deal, and I've always wondered, even if it wasn't a big game, what it would be like if schools could do that locally and include the the student body and almost make it like an assembly. I know education, obviously you need every minute these days you can uh, to instruct and for kids to be involved in what's going on away from sports that happens in the evening and the afternoons. But I've always thought that would be a really cool idea. So kudos to DeSales. Of course, there is a connection there. Their head coach who does a great job, he is from Australia, got a connection there. So it made sense that in Australia, school team came over and played them in this daytime game but check it out if you haven't it, it, it was a neat crowd and a neat thing to do and you wonder what something like that would look like at some of our schools here in southern indiana just just kind of a, a thought of the day here uh, thornton's text line is open 502-414-1450 again 502-414-1450 texter on the thornton's text line my opinion an ex-NFL coach would be the way to go. I think a young up-and-comer, if he turns it around, another school will just take him away. An NFL guy might be more apt to be satisfied on staying and enjoying the fruits of his labor because he has done the upper-level job chasing. I guess, yeah, you've chased that NFL job. You've already had it. You're satisfied with uh, your college shop. Makes sense. So I don't know who that NFL person would be. I mentioned Gruden just kind of as a as a joke more than anything, but uh, that could be a route. Who knows who Scott Dolson is targeting right now? A lot of rumors, a lot of names that you could connect to the program that maybe you could build a uh, thought around as why they should be considered or why maybe Scott Dolson is talking with them. But at this point, it's a lot of rumors. I've not seen anything out there that uh, lists specific names or talks about anyone being interviewed or any real leaks yet, but it's coming. In this world we're in today, it's hard to keep anything quiet, and so you know that we'll get some sort of insight or some sort of leak or rumor, I would think, here anytime after this news is a couple days old. That's our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the show. We'll head to a break. We're back with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. We'll talk about the IU football coaching search and some of the names that Mike is hearing or maybe that could make sense and we'll get into IU and Maryland, the Hoosiers' first Big Ten game of the season, all coming up in the next segment. Stay with us. This is a Tuesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in first. All the small schools never had a chance to get here. 
Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Tuesday edition of the show. Thornton's text line always open in this hour. The number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. It's thedailyhoosier.com, at daily underscore Hoosier on social media. If you want to follow him, there is our guest every Tuesday during this segment. And, Mike, we've got a lot to talk about a coaching change, a coaching search now for IU football, and some really important conference games coming up here early in the season for IU basketball. Fun time to be a fan. Yeah, no doubt about it. And don't forget uh, IU men's soccer in the Elite Eight. You've got IU women's basketball ranked in the top 20. This is by far the, the busiest time of year for, for me, and it's also a very exciting time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for bringing both of those up. Mike, uh, let's start with football today. Um, you had a story on the Daily Hoosier that came out uh, a day or so ago that goes through a long list of names that somehow, some way, could make sense, whether they are a current head coach or someone that has coaching experience. Before we get into some of those names and ask you to break that down, um, are there any names leaking out at this point? I think we do now know that IU has employed a search firm, which is basically par for the course when it comes to the Big Ten level of college football or any high major conference, but any leaks or any early rumors on front runners or even candidates for this job? Um, I wouldn't go so far as to say like leaks or anything of any like real like definitive substance like oh my gosh this is going to be the guy or anything like that but like I'll just say I, I just put up a story on uh, Jason Candle who's the the head coach at Toledo and has been very successful there and I, I would just say it's it's not a coincidence that that I put his profile up as the first candidate that we're we're going to profile <laughs> we're going to profile several of them, which, you know, should tell you that it's, you know, nothing's done by any stretch of the imagination, but amongst the, uh, the guys that I think are, that I use a little bit more serious about, I, I would put him in that category for sure. He's, he's a really impressive prospect. Um, I think he, in my mind, he checks every box except, you know, what, what is obviously a very big one and that's power five, or I, maybe it's called power four experience. Now at, at this point, um, but but if you just look at his resume and what he's done at Toledo, it's it's incredibly impressive from a a uh, wins and loss record, bowl games, uh, offense, recruiting. He, he's really done it all, and, and somebody's going to snatch that guy up and, and give him a chance. So he he's one that that I would say um, I think if they go the mid major route for for a head coach. He'd probably be at the top of that list anyway. There's a number of other guys that I'd say have prior Power Four, Power Five experience that would also be, you know, I think probably intriguing and in, in that IU's doing some serious diligence on. I think Coach Candle of Toledo is a, a good example, Mike. If Indiana were to go that route, if he was interested, a young up and coming guy. Let's hypothetically say. He gets the Indiana job. He wants the Indiana job. He takes the job, and 
he does turn the corner. He has some recruiting successes, some transfer portal successes, and that translates on the field in his opening few years. Uh, A young guy, bigger schools will likely come calling. Indiana's in a really tricky spot here. Uh, I know you can't think too far down the line, and you've got to make the decision that can help your program move forward really immediately. But I think it's a tough spot that Indiana's at in the Big Ten Conference and just really overall as a football program. Can you talk about some of the challenges that uh, maybe will come up or you think about during this coaching search for Indiana? Yeah, that, that point you just hit on is, is always going to be relevant for IU kind of being thought of as as a stepping stone, which, you know, if a guy like Candle did come to IU and he did replicate his success, uh, he'd have every top program in the country that had an opening tra- trying to get him. That that was one of the the beauties of Tom Allen is, you know, you had a pretty strong sense that, that he wasn't going to jump, that he was content with where he was, and he really liked the idea of, of making IU a powerhouse in college football. Um, so that, that was one of the re- one of many reasons why it was unfortunate that it turned out the way it did. But, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right with, with that notion that, that IU is in, in that realm of, of being a stepping stone. I, I'd say it's a little bit different than it was uh, over the last, you know, really forever for IU, only because the Big Ten has changed so much. Um, you know, you hear a lot of people say over the last couple of days that um, Indiana's kind of in a, in a different spot that they've been before because the Big Ten is, is so desirable now. It's one of the, you know, there's there's really only two conferences that are the top aspirational conferences at this point, you know, the Big Ten and the SEC and everybody else, you know, from a just purely from a financial standpoint, really. Um, everybody else is lagging behind after the, the massive deal that the, the Big Ten did uh, for their uh, media rights, uh, along with the SEC. And, and Indiana, you know, <laughs> for better or worse, right, wrong, or indifferent, right now is part of that. It doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. It doesn't mean that, you know, the, the top of the top couldn't separate out and form their own uh, kind of power alliance of some sort down the road. But as it stands right now, Indiana's part of it. That means they've got a lot of revenue coming in incrementally over what they've had in the past. And that creates an opportunity to uh, maybe go about things on a coaching search a little bit different. It, I think if, if Scott Dolson's doing this right, and I have no doubt that he's uh, not doing it right. I think he is. I think you're not, you're not just pitching a candidate at this point. You're, you're going out and you're saying, this is our vision or IU football, this is, you know, the, our facilities vision. Uh, this, this is how, you know, we are uh, committed to obtaining the resources to uh, hiring the staff that you need. Uh, everything up and down that they haven't been able to do historically, I think that they're in a little bit different kind of position to do now, but it probably still won't change the reality that, that they're going to be a stepping stone in the overall scheme of things. So it, it's a delicate dance that they're in right now. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, our guest. You can read his work at the dailyhoosier.com. Is there a fan favorite or two? Is there someone that the fans are pushing when you look at responses to your stories or your recent story that lists so many different names that could maybe make sense for IU football or have connections to the program? Who, who, do, who do the fans want, Mike? That's a real interesting question. I I haven't really heard like a groundswell of, oh my gosh. I mean, beyond the, 
the, the names that were never realistic to begin with, like a John Gruden or an Urban Meyer. I mean, of course, there'd be a lot of rallying behind like those, you know, really high profile names like that. But I, I don't think either one of those guys are even really being looked at or anywhere near the realm of possibility. So then I think you just get into kind of like factions, you know, people like the idea of a Jason Candle. They like the idea of a Kane Womack, uh, you know, who they've seen his success at, at Indiana already. You know, there's people that, that like Kurt Signetti at James Madison because he's, you know, really won at a high level. Um, and then you get into like former coaches like a Paul Christ, you know, at, you know, who people know for, from the Wisconsin years and had a lot of success there. Um, so I wouldn't say that there's any anyone um, that, that's an actual legit candidate that, that seems to have the, the vast majority support. Another another guy that people get excited about when they hear his name is Antoine Randall L. He's a receivers coach uh, for the Detroit Lions, but I, I'd put him in that same category of you know probably not realistic at this point in time. Yeah, Mike uh, Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Uh, there's been the thought, and I guess this is probably always the thought from an AD when they enter a process like this, that Scott Dolson does want to get it done as quickly as possible. Obviously, that makes sense. But is there a timeline on this? Is there a dead, a drop-dead date that Indiana needs to get this done by as far as recruiting and the transfer portal goes? I don't know that there's a date per se, but there is definitely a, a high, high, high sense of urgency. I mean, I think people who, who follow things closely have already noticed in the last two days that, you know, based on my latest count, 17 players uh, from, from this current team have entered the transfer portal. I think that includes the entire starting offensive line. Uh, starting quarterback, the top receiver, the top running back. So um, the, <laughs> that in and of itself suggests that the sense of urgency, I mean, just because they go into the portal doesn't mean that they are necessarily leaving. They're just kind of, you know, putting themselves out there to, to you know, see what their options are and to just kind of wait and see what happens at, at Indiana. But then you also have here in, gosh, what is it, two, two three weeks, you have the early signing period for the high school class, which um, here over the last five years has really become the only signing period of, of any significance uh, for, for high school prospects. Indiana had a class of around you know 18 to 20 guys. I think they've already had one or two decommit and reopen. So you've got that dynamic as well as trying to, to kind of hold that together. And I think those guys probably by and large want to wait and see uh, who Indiana hires as well. Um, so, um, man, it, you'd, you'd love to have it done by, by this weekend if you could, but there's just so many dynamics. Uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the guys that, that you want to bring in are, are still coaching another team, and, it, you know, do they want to disrupt what they're doing, uh, be, you know, before a conference championship game this weekend, things like that. So you got so many things at play, but there, there's absolutely no doubt about the uh, sense of urgency to get this done as soon as possible. Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Let's turn our attention to basketball here for the final couple questions of this segment. Mike, it uh, doesn't get any easier for the Hoosiers. Uh, they have two Big Ten games coming up. Um, as Indiana begins this conference season with these two early games, uh, we know the Big Ten, we know its toughness, we know the level it's expected to be once again this year. What are the biggest concerns you have about IU hoops heading into the Maryland game? Well, 
you know, by far and away the biggest one, uh, just because of what we saw on Sunday was the, just the health and status of Xavier Johnson, which I, I don't have any kind of update on that. I think I saw what everybody saw that he was sitting on the bench with his left ankle or foot or whatever it precisely was. Uh, I, I stuff, um, you know, it appeared to be something that happened in game as I rewatched that, that game a second time, he looked completely fine. Uh, up until that point where he made an and one and then he looked really uncomfortable and shot a free throw and never returned. Um, it's not the same foot that he broke. It's the opposite. So uh, yeah, I don't think it's anything tied into that. Uh, he, he entered the game questionable, however. And so I, I think maybe it's just nagging from what we saw happen at the end of the right state game a couple of weeks ago. That, that's what you hope is it's just a, a nagging ankle and he just needed a couple of days to get it right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case, but um, beyond that, I mean, you got to love their inside game right now. I mean, I think they're, they're one of the best teams in the country when it comes to a, a post duo like Khalil Ware and Malik Renew. It's, it's everything that, that I think fans probably hoped it would be because of the dynamic ability of where to score, you know, really at all levels on the court and Renew's ability to be dominant uh, in, in the uh, paint area. I think there's a little bit of a trade-off with Renew defensively that they still have to, to figure out, but I think that's a really strong aspect of the team. And you saw on Sunday what, you know, McKenzie and Baco could add to that dynamic with this perimeter shooting. I think, you know, if you ask me, concerns um that that's the other one is it's it's obvious right i mean it's it's not just making threes it's guys that can make threes in a number of different ways that's what i really like about Mbako. I, I see him as a guy that can score off the dribble he can score off the catch and shoot um he can shoot over people um and, and he can come off screens i really like him coming off screens i hope in the end it does more of that because he looks really comfortable and natural uh, turning a corner, catching and, and shooting off of a screen. So um, that, that to me, just watching his development is going to be key. He's still making a lot of defensive mistakes, uh, which, which, you know, I know is frustrating Woodson, uh, but seemed to turn the corner a little bit on in that regard as well. On Sunday, I asked Mike Woodson about that specifically after the game, and, and he said he was making progress in that regard. So we'll take him at his word, but um, you know, you need other guys to, to kind of fill that kind of tough shot making role as well. Like uh, you really need like a CJ Gunn to step up because I don't think Trey Galloway's that guy. I mean, I think Galloway and Xavier Johnson are, are pretty good uh, slashers, pretty good off the bounce, but they're not the kind of the tough shot makers who can get you points in a number of different ways. And, uh, so I think Gunn and Mbako and maybe Caleb Banks who who's showing some potential. Those, to me, are the real guys that can make the difference in turning this into a kind of a top 25 type team that they're, they're not to this point. All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Good stuff on IU basketball in advance of this game coming up against Maryland. Mike, uh, good work. Keep it up. I know there's plenty to cover, plenty to talk about right now, and we'll do this all again next Tuesday. Okay, Matt. Always enjoy talking to you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thornton's text line open 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We'll head to a break. Matt Lynch, the Charlestown Pirates boys basketball coach. 
is going to join us in the next segment. The Pirates have a big rivalry and conference game tonight. They'll take on Silver Creek. We'll talk about that, and we'll get to know a little bit more about the Pirates. There's some buzz there this year. We'll discuss uh, Charlestown Hoops next with Matt after this here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. McAllister. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. Just a reminder, if you miss our live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll find us there. You can listen on demand, go back and listen to a segment or a full show, whatever you miss, whatever you want to go back and listen to. Again, we're there wherever you listen to podcasts. Thornton's text line still open, 502-414-1450. And our guest in this segment, as we turn our attention to high school basketball in the area here, still very early in the season, is Matthew Lynch, coach of the Charlestown Pirates. Coach, congrats on a great start, 2-0, and a big Tuesday night game against conference opponent Silver Creek tonight. Yeah, Matt, thanks for having me on. Appreciate everything you do for Southern Indiana High School Sports. And yeah, we're off to a good start, 2-0, for the first time in I think 10 or 11 years at Charlestown. So we're happy about that, but we know that we haven't played our best basketball yet. We kind of survived the first two games, um, got two good road wins. So, you know, we're happy to be 2-0, but we know that we got a lot of work to do, and if we're going to win tonight at Silver Creek, um, we got to play better than what we have so far this season. But it should be a fun environment. should be a fun game, um, entertaining game. Both teams like to get up and down. You know, we like to play fast both offensively and defensively, and I know Silver Creek likes to play fast offensively as well. So should be a lot of points scored. Um, should be a back-and-forth game, and I think it will be, you know, high energy, high intensity the entire 32 minutes. Coach Lynch, I sense a real buzz around your program, not just this season, but really the future of Charlestown basketball. And before we get into some of the whys on that, I want to talk to you about an off-season addition. And it didn't happen until maybe just officially a couple of weeks before the season, but you've added a key assistant coach and your former head coach and someone that you've known a great portion of your life, and that's Jim Shannon, one of the legendary figures here in Southern Indiana basketball. Yeah, Coach Shannon's been great. You know, I reached out to him in the summer and asked him if he'd have any interest in helping out this year as an assistant. And, uh, you know, he thought about it, and he let me know a few weeks before we started the season, and he's been great. I'm happy that he's, you know, joined us. Um, He's really good with the guys. He gets to kind of play a different role than what he's played as a head coach. You know, he can play a lot of good cop and kind of pump the guys up. And I think he's done great at that. Um, He's been great in that role, and he's also given good suggestions in practice and in games and you know really happy that he's joined but I, I feel like our staff strong as a whole you know we got Mike Warren that was a former head coach at, at Jeff and he was also an assistant with me and uh with me when we were with coach Shannon at New Albany and then uh Ricky Odell Joe Ledbetter and Tanel Rowan all bring you know good experience to the staff they've all been successful wherever they've coached or played basketball so I feel really good about our staff overall but yeah adding coach Shannon was was a huge addition and he's brought a lot to the table and I know the kids really enjoy him being around. And, you know, like I said, he gets to play good cop and kind of pump the guys up, and and he's been great in that role. 
Matthew, I know I can say this to you. There's probably one, maybe two coaches in the state that I could ever see Jim Shannon, the mighty head coach, ever agreeing to be an assistant for, and you're one of those two. So you got a good one. Yeah, I mean, maybe he felt bad for, you know, I've known him since I was in third grade when he came here, so maybe he felt bad, but I don't know. But he's been he's been great, and I'm happy that, that he's joined us. All right, let's get into your team, Matt. Obviously a 2-0 and start and a big game tonight, but I think it's fair to say this Charlestown team that you're guiding this year is still a fairly young nucleus. Is that correct? Yeah, we're still really young. You know, right now we're starting uh, three sophomores and two juniors. Um, and then our leading scorer from last year, Demetrius Phelps, is still out. He'll be out two more games, and he'll come back Saturday against North Oldham. So, you know, we're playing a little bit shorthanded, and we're still young. Um, but these guys have some experience. You know, A.J. Todd started every game at point guard as a freshman last year. Um, Grayson Connell's been playing varsity since a freshman. Ethan French hasn't been starting for us, but he's been a, a two-year varsity guy that's played a ton of minutes, and he's coming off the bench just to give us a different dynamic with our starting lineup, and he's bought into that role really well. So. Um, even though we're young grade-wise and class-wise, I feel like we do have um, enough experience that, you know, we expect to – we now expect to win games like this one tonight. You know, when I got here, I'm not sure that that was the feeling around the program with the kids. I'm not sure they believe that they can compete with the, the best teams in the area. But I think that where we're at now and the skill and the talent that we have with our players that we fully expect to go in there tonight at Silver Creek, we expect it to be, a, a, you know, a tight contest and a full 32-minute game. But – I think our guys truly believe that, that we're going to win tonight. Matt Lynch of Charlestown, our guest. We're talking pirate basketball here on this Tuesday show. One other thing I noticed looking at your schedule uh, in advance of our chat today, you really have purposely uh, beefed this thing up. Mid-Southern Conference is always good, and golly, I think about Scottsburg being great this year, Brownstown solid, Silver Creek uh, recent state champion, but you've added some other games and seem to really be wanting to step up the competition level in the regular season. Yeah, and that was that was done on purpose. You know, I feel like we're going to have a really good team, not only this year, but the next three or four years as well. So, you know, we went out <coughs> and we tried to schedule the best teams that we could play. We added New Albany to the schedule. We added Floyd Central to the schedule. We picked up Heritage Hills that has Trent Sisley uh, for the next two years. So we're going to challenge ourselves. Um, and we're, the main goal is to be ready for tournament time. And, I, you know, maybe that night after the game, I'll be questioning why I picked up those opponents. But I think that, you know, going into the tournament in March, uh, it'll it'll have us more prepared um, for a tournament type setting. So we're excited about the opportunities that we have on our schedule. We know that there's no there's no easy nights, um, and we gotta we gotta bring our A game every single night if we're gonna come out on top. But we're excited about not only this season but the future, and we think that we really got things rolling in the right direction here at Charlestown. Coach, I know you mentioned uh, you're without a key player here for a few more games, but you've got to feel good, at least as you move into the latter middle part of the season maybe, about your back court and your guard situations. When you get him back, based on his production and the success he had last year for you, you've got other great guards around him. Uh, it's, that, that has to be a very focal point and a strong point for you. Yeah, we feel like our guard plays you know, some of the best in the area, if not the best, you know. Um, like I said, A.J. Todd as a freshman started every game last year at point guard, and so far this year he's double-digit scorer. He leads us in rebounds. He's averaging 11 rebounds a game for a point guard, which is awesome. He's actually averaging a double-double, and he's averaging 4.5 assists a game. So he can, he's kind of a do-it-all point guard. Um, you know, his, his shot's not falling at the rate that he wants it to yet, but, you know, he's a gym rat, and he'll, he'll keep working on that and getting better with that. And then when we add Demetrius 
alongside of him, you're averaging, you're adding a guy that averaged 15 points last year and probably the best defender on our team last year. So we're excited about that, but those aren't the only two we got. You know, Jaden Berkeley, he's averaging 12 points a game for us this year. Um, he's kind of starting. He kind of took uh, D's spot these first four games, and he's kind of rolling with it and playing really well. And then Parker Odell is a sophomore that got some spot minutes last year as a freshman that we're expecting big things out, out of him as well. And then Grayson's kind of the, a guard forward. But, yeah, we feel like our guard play in our backcourt's really strong, and we feel like we can play with anybody. And that's another reason why I kind of beat up the schedule um, because we feel like our guards are so good. Matt Lynch, he's in his third year as the Charlestown boys basketball coach. Coach, I want to talk to you about the Mid-Southern Conference. I mentioned Scottsburg, and I've heard early reports that they look great. Brownstown obviously beat Providence on Saturday night. Silver Creek always a solid opponent. That Mid-Southern this year, it's it's going to be another, I think, banner year. Potentially a state champion could come from that conference. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know Brownstown's preseason number one in 2A, Scottsburg's preseason number one or two in 3A, so when you got two top two preseason teams in their respective class, you know, that's it's exciting. But, it, you know, as a coach, you know, you know that you got to make sure that you guys are playing their best games when they when we play those teams. And we'll find out about Scottsburg on Friday. You know, I haven't dove into him too much because I put all my focus in Silver Creek so far this week. Um, but, yeah, we play Scottsburg on Friday night. They're coming to our place, our first home game. Hopefully we're coming off a big win against Silver Creek. But, yeah, I think that Scottsburg and Brownstown are both phenomenal. Silver Creek's really good. Um, so I think the top three or four teams, with us included in that, um, in the midst of the conference, is as strong as any conference around here. Matt Lynch at Charlestown. Coach, great to catch up and learn more about Charlestown. Obviously a big Tuesday night game for uh, someone looking to get out and see some local teams in action. Should be a fast-paced and fun game. Thanks for the chat. We'll catch up with you here a little bit later in the season. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate you having me on. And like, like I said earlier, thanks for everything you do for high school sports. Thank you very much. Matt Lynch of Charlestown with us. And we're working our way through the coaches here in Clark and Floyd counties and a good opportunity to grab Coach Lentz in advance of this big Tuesday night game. Should be a fun one. I, I do agree it will be a competitive game. I would think a full 32 minutes. Silver Creek just 1-0 on the season. They had an 80-61 win over Floyd Central. That was back before Thanksgiving. So this will still be an early look at Silver Creek and maybe who they could be this season as well. And I tell you, this Charlestown team, I've not seen them yet this year, but uh, when they get uh, the, the key guard back, uh, Phelps, I believe his last name, and uh, get rolling in midseason form, I think you'll see a very competitive Charlestown team this year. And as Coach Lynch mentioned, I, I think the thought is Charlestown in future seasons as well could really be building here in the area. So another program on the rise here to watch under the direction of Matt Lynch. That's going to wrap things up for our Tuesday show. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll be back on Wednesday. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star will join. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune as well. Have a great Tuesday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.